Come on, church, say it with conviction. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We know that it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And so, Father, as I step back, I thank you for the Holy Spirit stepping up so that people will hear the words of God and not just words from a man. Most of all, I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit who is our true teacher to lead us and guide us into all truth. And so, Lord, in advance, we give you the praise, honor, and glory for signs, miracles, and wonders following our lives as a result of your word. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're in a series called Daring Faith. Say that with me. Say Daring Faith. Faith is important because it's designed to do three things. Our faith is designed to help us please God. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven six that it is impossible to please God with our faith. Number two, our faith helps us to possess the promises of God. And then number three, our faith helps us to prevail over life's challenges. First John chapter 5, verse 4 says, For whosoever or whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So God has designed our faith to help us to overcome life's problems. One of the things that we've pointed out in this series is that once we learn how to utilize our faith, our faith is designed to help us possess the promises of God. Can you say amen to that? So today our lesson title, if you're taking notes, is Faith to Obey. Faith to Obey. Just look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you already. Now, I want you to find the book of James, James chapter 2. We're going to look in verse 14, James 2, 14. And then we're going to turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 58. That was James chapter 2, verses 14. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 58. Now, I'm going to read in the NIV version in Hebrews 11.1, 1, and I'm just doing a small review for those of you who may have missed the first few services. It says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for, and faith is certain of what we do not see. And we define faith to mean to be persuaded, to have assurance, and have conviction of the truth. Everybody say this with me. Say, to be persuaded, to have conviction, and to be assured. Those three areas are areas where we've defined faith according to the Bible. And faith basically is seeing something from God's perspective. Because there are two ways you and I can look at life. We can look at life, watch this now, through the lenses of the flesh. Or we can look at life and the challenges that come through the eyes of faith. Everybody say faith Faith. or the flesh. 
And most of the time, if we're not careful, we will tend to initially function in the flesh before our faith kicks in. But once you understand how important it is to react first from faith and then let your flesh catch up, because sometimes obedience is going to cost your flesh something. Amen. Everybody say years ago. Years ago, uh, my wife and I, we were part of a church, and we were uh, uh, elders at that church. And this particular Sunday was a regular Sunday. Nothing was going on. Wasn't a special guest. Wasn't a special offering. Wasn't no special nothing. I mean, God was there, but I'm just saying. It was nothing special necessarily about the service. And uh, while I was sitting there, the Lord tells me he wants me to empty out our checking account. Well, he didn't say checking account. He said everything. So that includes checking and savings, right? I was not prepared for the Lord to tell me that. Now, I would advise you to never do that unless the Lord tells you to do that. So I'm sitting there, and the Lord says, I want you to just empty out everything you got. I want you to give it tonight. And um, I'm not going to make a decision like that without talking to my spouse. Because you shouldn't make major financial decisions without talking to your spouse. Can I get an amen from the married people? Can I get an amen from the single people who want to be married? So, uh, for the first time in our relationship, I was hoping my wife was in disagreement. <laughs> I, I leaned over. I said, hey, babe, you know, the Lord just told me. He just told me that we need to give everything. He said, he just told me that, too. I was like, hot dog. We got to do this thing, then." He done told two people the same thing? We had never done that in our life. So, I tiptoed out of church. I went and got all of my balances on everything. And then I transferred everything into uh, the checking account where I could write one check. And I was shaking and trembling, but I wrote that check. I don't know who got the check, but they probably couldn't read the numbers on there. And I'll never forget, uh, you know, I, I didn't know why the Lord was asking us to do that. And a lot of times when God wants you to do something, he already has a harvest on his mind for you. And I'm going to show you today that obedience is very important for you to exercise your faith. And so long story short, you know, we leave and my pastor was actually speaking somewhere that evening. And so we'd like to follow him where he was speaking. And so we were going with him. And at the time, we didn't have any kids. And so we figured, okay, uh, we were going to, you know, we were going to go home and cook. Well, she was going to go home and cook. But I don't know how to cook. But we didn't have time. So, you know, all we had was like, oh, I know. Uh, after service, somebody came up to us and came up to me and said, hey, Elder, I don't know why the Lord told me to give you uh, this $20. How many know I was happy? Because I was broke at that day. At that point, I was broke. And they didn't know what was going on. I said, you heard from God today, girl. I received this in Jesus' name. And so we, you know, so all we had was $20. Now, we got paid that Thursday, so we was going to have to make it from Sunday to Thursday. So, uh, so we had the $20. It was in check form. So I said, well, here's what we're going to do. So we went to a gas station to go to an ATM. Now, this story is controversial. I'm just telling you this ahead of time. It is controversial. Just touch your neighbor and say, don't get offended. So we get to the gas station, and I go up to the ATM, and uh, I punch him, I put in my card, and what I was going to do is take 20 out, and then the next day, deposit the other 20. I put in 20. Oh, I'm sorry. I took out 10. But a $20 bill came out. Let me show you what I did. I looked at my receipt. It said 10. I looked at the $20 bill. It said 20. So I went out 
I went out in a rush too. I looked at the cashier to make sure they didn't see nothing. You know, and I went out. I went out. So I got in the car. I was like, babe, we don't have to worry about going to Kentucky now. I mean, to Burger King, we can go to Kentucky now. I said, because I punched in $10 and 20 came out. She was like, for real? I was like, for real? So we was leaving to go to Kentucky. And then this thought came to me. I wonder, will it do it again? <laughs> I turned around. I went back to the gas station. I put in my card. I punched in 10. 20 came out. I punched in 10 more. 20 came out. I punched in 10 again. And 20 came out. I punched in enough for the whole week. <laughs> now I know some of y'all are thinking, Pastor, that's stealing. Well, taking pistols from your job is stealing too. Now let me tell you something. Let me just... <laughs> y'all stop now. I'm trying to get through my story. So, so, well, the children of Israel, God told them to go borrow all the gold and silver from the Egyptians. They never gave it back. So I was going to give the money back if the bank called me. They never called me. Let me tell you something that's happened since then. For whatever reason, once a year minimum, my wife and I just get a big lump sum of money. From that day to today, it just... It just opened up a door for us to just get lumps of money all at one time. How many would like to have that? Yes, but I think, I think it was our obedience at that time that triggered that. Can you say amen to that? Turn over to James chapter 2. James chapter 2. James 2. And uh, we're going to look in verse 14. James 2 verse 14. We're talking about faith to obey. Now, let's read James 2. We're going to start in verse 14. It says, what does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith, and have not works. Can faith save him? Now remember, we've clarified the difference between believing and faith. Remember now, believing just means to know something is true. Everybody say believing. believing. Means to know something is true. Now also we define faith means something. Watch this now. It means to act on what you believe. Okay? So that's the difference. So verse 15 says, If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. He says, What does it profit? Verse 17, watch this now. Even so faith, if it does not have what class? If it does not have works, it is dead being alone. Yes, a man may say, I have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. Now, let me show you something. This is why I told you anybody can believe. Because believing only means to accept something to be true. Watch what it says here now. He says, you believe that there is one God, you do well. But the devils also believe that. So watch this now. There is a vast difference, watch this now, between a person who just believes and a person who has faith. Watch this now. It says, verse 20, but you know, O vain man, that faith without works is what? That's the second time he said it. He says, not, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered up Isaac his son to the altar? Watch this. Seeing you have how faith has wrought its works, and by works was faith made perfect. Let me say it like this. He said, faith without works is dead. If that is the case, then watch this. Then works without faith is dead. Amen. 
Now, we've discovered that faith has phases. Everybody say faith has phases. Now, I need five men. If five men would just come up here and help me real quick. I should have told you ahead of time. But I need five men to help me. Because in order for faith to come, remember, somebody's got to call faith, right? Y'all don't look at the men. They're going to come up here. They're going to come up here so y'all get to see what they got on and stuff. And, and uh, you know. So come on up here. Y'all come on down here. Y'all count for me. How many is that? One, two, three, four, five. Praise the Lord. Okay, y'all can just line all the way up right here. Now, in Romans ten seventeen, we learned that faith comes how? By hearing. And hearing what? Okay, so faith will only come when, when the word of God is heard. So you're going to be the word of God. Okay, turn this way. So now, he's faith. Watch this now. So the first thing that happens is the word has to come before faith comes. So you're going to be the word. Come on, you're going to be the word. And uh, he said, thank you very much. You're welcome. So you're the word. Stand in front of him. So the word has to come. Then what happens after the word comes? Faith comes, right? Then after faith comes, we learn that faith has some buddies. Everybody say buddies. Now, write down Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Hebrews 6, 12. This is what it says. That you be not slothful, but followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So we learned that faith has some buddies. And one of his buddies is patience. All right? So you're going to stand between faith and... Well, let's see. Here's faith. Here's what... You're going to stand right there. Now, notice it says through faith and patience we inherit the promises. Here's now something that I want to introduce to you. Go to James uh, 2.17 again. Let me show you something. Because this particular component is one of the most critical ones for our faith to work. Notice in James 2.17, it says, faith without what? Works is what? It's dead. So watch this. My faith, which I'm believing to receive the promises, and and, uh, Mike, you're going to be the promise. For my faith to receive the promises, I have to exercise patience. But watch this. I can have faith all day. But until, notice it says, faith without what? Until Mr. Works gets involved, my faith ain't going nowhere. Now, see, this is what most people don't realize. They think they have a faith problem when you don't have a faith problem in most cases. Well, here's how I know, because you know the Word. So how is it that a believer can know the Word, understand the Word, can quote you the Word, but they can't, watch this, manifest the promises of the Word, and it's because they have no works from the Word. Are you all with me so far? So works is, to me, one of the most critical uh, components of faith. Now watch this now. This means that, watch this, you and I can hear the word. We can believe what we hear. Faith can come. And you and I can patiently wait on God to do his word. But nothing's going to happen until I accompany some works along with it. Amen. And what you and I are really looking at here is once, if he's not here, If Mr. Works is not here, you know what this is? This is nothing but a cycle of believing. And this is why some of y'all are not married. You're in a cycle of believing. Now, ain't nothing wrong with believing. But somewhere, you got to move from believing to faith. You say, well, Pastor, how do I exercise my faith as a single person to get married? Because I heard the question. Well, one of the works that you need to show as a single person is to stop dating unsaved people. (laughs) 
See, it shows that you have faith in the promise. Whose promise? You promise? Who? Him? It shows that you have faith in the promise when you can do works to line up with it. See, some of y'all are too inviting. See, if I was single, this is what my answering machine would sound like. My voicemail, not answering machine. Y'all know how old I am right there, right? <laughs> I mean, know about those answering machines. Let me see your hand. You old too, that's why. <laughs> Check this out. My voicemail would say, hi, this is Evan. I'm sorry I'm not available, but only if you're saved, love God, have been celibate for a long time, and you're waiting on God's best, and you haven't dated somebody as a serial dater, please leave a message and I'll get back with you. <laughs> now, some of y'all think I'm joking. I'm not joking. Because, see, some of you all, you give your phone numbers to people you shouldn't even give your phone number to. Amen. That's works as a single person. So watch this now. Uh, you all go to your seat, and I need my phone. May I have my phone? May I have my phone, please? Let me show you something that I think I want you to walk home with as a tangible reminder uh, of am I functioning in faith or am I just believing? Now, y'all tell me what this is. It's a flashlight. All right, when you turn the light out, this is flashlight. Now, if this was a physical flashlight, flashlight have what in them to make them work? Batteries. You take the batteries out, even though the flashlight functions, even though it works when the batteries are in there, and even though it has the ability to shine light in dark, if I don't put batteries in the flashlight, the flash not, flashlight would not work. Well, the flashlight represents your faith. The flashlight is going to work. It's, it's designed to work. God has put it inside of you to work. But until you and I put the battery of works into our life, we won't see the manifestations of the promise. Now, let me be real. Go, go, to, go, to, uh, go to James. Go back to James. Are you in James now? Go to 1 Corinthians. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's, let's go there. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. Many people expect their faith to work. They expect, expect the word to work. But without works, their faith is dead. Listen, your faith is dead if you have nothing else that you're doing with what you believe. Some of us don't know we're walking around with dead faith. Everybody say dead faith. It's not working. It's dead. And many people have dead faith and they don't know it. Watch this now. Now, remember when he says faith that works is dead? If you're taking note, the, words, the word works there means to toil or it means deeds or works. So just write down this verse, Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. It says, let your light so shine before men. We said that earlier in, the, in praise and worship. That they may see your good works and glorify God. The word works there is the same works over there in James. Now, it also says in Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, watch this now, unto good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. That word works there is the same works over there in James. What he's saying there is God has designed all of us to do works, good works. These works are associated to the kingdom. And watch this, when I'm not functioning and doing these works, guess what? My faith is not working. Then let me say this, you can't work for a blessing, 
But you do have to do some works to your faith to get a blessing. Oh, you, you get that? Okay. You can't work for God to bless. It's just like your kids. You know, how many just want to bless your kids? Even when your kid's bad, you still bless them. You say, now, I, I don't necessarily do what I promised them, but I bless them with some food and some breakfast before they leave home. I mean, you want to give them the basic necessities, right? You're not going to hold that back. God's not going to hold back that kind of stuff. But see, there are some things that I need to, there are some works that I have to put in place for certain promises. Because for promises to come, my faith has to be intact. For my faith to work, watch this, I must have works to go along with it. Can you say amen to that? Let me give you a take-home thought. Well, let's just read 1 Corinthians 15, 58, and then I'm going to give you a take-home thought. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, watch this now. This is that same word, works. It says, therefore, my beloved brother, be steadfast. What's the next word? Come on, class. Unmovable. What's the next word? Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Whatever he's about to introduce to us, he's saying whatever it is, you need to be steadfast about it. You need to be unmovable about it. And by the way, you must do it. Come on, class. You must do it always. Well, let's see what he's talking about. He said you must always abound in what? The work of what? Man. One of the missing components of believers' faith is that they're doing no works for the Lord. And you wonder why your faith ain't working. You wonder why you ain't got that new car yet? Why does God bless us? He told Abraham, I will bless you so you can be a blessing. Most of the blessings that we get, we ain't sharing those blessings. Well, Lord, if you bless me with this new car, I, I'll, I'll pick my co-worker up, you know, uh, and bring her to work because I know she ain't got no car. You get your new car, you just, you burn rubber right in front of her house. <laughs> Let me show you this word again, works. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 is a very famous verse. It says, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, and here's why. So they can perfect the saints, watch this now, to do the what? The work of what? That same word work is that word over there in James. So one of the missing components that causes my faith to not work are works. This is not, now works, let me just give you another word for works, obedience. Amen. Uh, if I was believing God for a house, then I would make sure that I served God's house. If I was believing God for some kids because I'm having trouble having some, I would be right back there in true kids. I would be a faithful volunteer. Because if God can see me being faithful over another person's kid, the Bible says if you're faithful over another man's, God will give you your own. So watch this. I want to propose to you today as a church that many people's faith is not working because there are no works for the kingdom in it. Amen. Now, let me give you one, one powerful thought. When you and I obey God, we're activating our faith. Watch this. When we do natural works, we are activating supernatural power. I'm going to say that again. I want you to see this. Remember the men lined up. 
When we do, watch this, natural works, he was on the end. When we do natural works, and I'm going to give you some examples in just a minute. When we do natural works, it triggers supernatural power because faith is supernatural power. Do you agree with me? So one of the ways that you and I can tap into the supernatural power of God is to do some works in the natural. So let me give you some examples. Here's some examples. God's word says for single people to not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. How many know that's in the Bible? Well, if you date and go out with people or even marry somebody, because I've had people who said God was telling them not to marry that person when they got to the altar. God was telling me not to do it. God was telling me not to do it. And they did it anyway. So, you know, some people do that. Well, if you, if you do that, then are you functioning in the faith or flesh? The flesh. Watch this. Here's one for married people. If you are married and you want to see your spouse treat you better, then whatever spouse wants to see that needs to sow what you desire to reap. Amen. You know, it's, 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 it's easy to love when they love you. But, but what, if, what if they're not treating you right? What are you going to do? Some of us, we pull that Old Testament scripture right out of the eye for an eye and two for two. He ain't been treating me right. You just roll up in the bed. You, you don't even have those long pajamas on. You got on jeans. <laughs> Y'all get the picture, right? Here's another example for single people. This is just a prelude. If you're, if you're single, and the scripture says, this is in 1 Corinthians 7.32. But I would have you to be uh, without carefulness that he that is unmarried cares for the things that belong to the Lord, that it, how he may please the Lord. If you're a single, one of the works that you can be doing is to doing works for the Lord, works for your church. How many know the church is the body of Christ? Amen. Watch this. And see, if you're doing that, then it'll help you stay, stay, stay prayed up because how many know you need to be prayed up? And if you stay prayed up, then you'll keep your clothes up. So y'all didn't know where I was going with that one, did you? I just kind of went, woo, bam. <laughs> Watch this now. Let's say you work on a job and you want your own business. The Bible says whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord and not unto men. So when you go to work, I know, listen, and here's the problem I have with people. They go to, they ain't paying me enough, and I don't like my boss, and they, they, this, this, this. Well, the check has your name on it, though, when you get paid. If it has your name on it, guess what? You are really self-employed. You really are, because you're the one that determines if they keep you or not. You keep being late. We'll see. You will be self-unemployed. But watch this, though. Now I can go to work with purpose. Because watch this now, if I'm believing God to get a promotion or to get a better job, whether it's at that location or not, if I'm having faith for that, I have to show some works. Well, when I start showing the works of I'm showing up on time, I'm going there, I'm positive, I'm doing what I'm doing as unto the Lord, I come in early, I stay a little late. In other words, I'm, I'm, I'm a positive influence on the team. When God, see, forget about man. Because the Bible says promotion doesn't come from man, it comes from God. So when I'm doing this as unto the Lord, God is going to see my good works. And watch this. He is going to now 
cause my faith to work. And many of us, our faith is sitting up going, man, I'm waiting for you to do something. When are you going to do something? When are you going to do something? And uh, Mr. Works is somewhere in the congregation sitting back there in the back. Amen. Amen. So here's the million dollar question I want to ask. What keeps a person from obeying God's word or doing good works? What keeps a person from doing that? Because if I can answer that question, and that's a million, how many know that's a million dollar question right there? Well, I'm going to give you a million, million dollar answer, and I'm not going to charge you. So here it is. Go to Mark chapter 5. Go to Mark chapter 5. Let me show you why or what keeps you and I from obeying on a consistent basis. What keeps us from doing good works? Because there's a reason. There's a reason why you don't tithe. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why you don't serve in your church. There's a reason why you, you, you're constantly mean in your relationship. There, there's a reason why you, 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 you are a serial uh, job apl- applicant. You know, when you find people, they, they, you know, they don't have 20 jobs in, in 20 days, we got a problem. Watch this. I'm going to show you the missing component of what keeps you and I from obeying God's word or from doing works for the kingdom. Watch this now. Mark chapter 5, look at verse 21, and we're almost done here. It says, and when Jesus was passed over again by the ship unto the other side, much people gathered to him, and he was close to the sea. And behold, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue. His name was Jairus. He said, and he saw him, and he fell at his feet. He besought him greatly, saying, my little daughter is lying at the point of death. He says, I pray that you will come and lay your hands, what? On her that she may be, what? Healed and she shall live. And Jesus went with him and much people followed him. They wanted to see Jesus heal this little girl. And then a certain woman with the issue of blood interrupted the whole process. So then in verse 30, Jesus immediately said, hey, virtue has lost my, gone from my body. Who touched my clothes? Verse 31. And the disciples said unto him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around, and he saw who had done this thing, and basically he told her in verse 34, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Now we're going to pick back up the story of Jairus. Watch this, verse 35. While he yet spoke, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house a certain person who said, your daughter is dead. I mean, that's bold, ain't it? Uh, at least say something like, she's passed. She's gone on to, to be with the Lord. She's in a better place. Oh, she's dead. That's what he said. She's dead. Why trouble the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard that, I'm going to show you something now. I'm going to show you what could have kept that man's faith from working. It says here, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, read it with me, be not afraid. Let's say that again. Be not afraid. Fear is the number one factor that keeps most believers' faith from working. Fear. Everybody say fear. Fear. Watch this now. You can write this down. Fear is the opportunity for us to believe the problem over believing the promise. The only reason you don't obey God in certain areas is because you're fearful. You're fearful that God's not going to do his part. You're fearful that the word is not going to work. You're fearful that God's not going to come through. You're fearful that if you step out and you obey God, he's not going to turn around and do his part. It's fear. And that's why most people don't do the works because they fear that if they do the works, guess what? It's not going to work. Can I get an amen? Faith is believing the promise over the problem. And so you and I are going to have an opportunity even this week 
to exercise some works based on what we say we have faith for. I'm going to give you the most recent big faith fight that I had to walk through. You all saw me walk through it because I'm pretty transparent. But remember when uh, finally the six acres of land that somebody else was going to buy, that God opened up the door for us to buy it. Remember that? Okay. Well, this is what happened. When we got the six acres of land, I prayed and said, Lord, what do you want us to pay for that land? And the price that the Lord gave me was $327,000. Now, you have to understand it was for sale for $450,000. So what's $450,000 minus $327,000? Somebody do that math for me. What is it? Somebody give me with a real calculator. What is it? 400, $450,000 minus $327,000. What is that? One what? Who? 127? 127? Y'all know what the number is. Okay. 123? $123,000. Watch this. $123,000 off of the price? Watch this now. The current owner bought it for four hundred. dollars I'm asking them to not only decrease the price, but decrease it by $123,000. In my mind, I knew... I didn't even feel comfortable going to tell them that. And so the, the broker, my broker, he says, uh, well, Pastor Connor, uh, you need to pray about it. I said, yeah. This is before I got the number. He said, I said, yeah. He says, uh, well, when do you need me to contact you back? This was Friday. I said, well, you can call me Monday. It don't take me long to hear from God. Monday rolled around, and, you know, the Lord told me 327000 but I didn't call that broker back. <laughs> Wednesday rolled around. He called me back. He says, Pastor Connor, I, just, I didn't want to rush you for hearing from God. <laughs> he said, but uh, did, did, did God tell you anything? No, this for real. I said, well, the Lord told me 327000 All I heard was quiet on the phone. He said, Pastor Connor, that, that's pretty low. He says, it's already at a good price. And I couldn't disagree with him. I was like, yeah, you're right. It is at a good price already. I said, but that's what the Lord told me. So then we go and we present that number to the, to the people who's selling it. They say, oh, we're not doing that. So they started, you know, coming back and forth and, and numbers here, numbers there. And, and, and finally, you know, they was, they were, we were all Christians. So we had a big meeting. And I said, listen, I said, guys, look, we're all Christians in here. And for the will of God to... to that's what, see, if you get me to talk, you're going to lose, I promise you. But I said, in order for the will of God to come to pass in this situation, we all have to obey God. And I said, I can't, for conscious purposes, go past 327000 because that's what the Lord told me. And so they sat on it. And see, when you say something like that to people, what they hear is, oh, so I don't hear from God? Oh, so I'm not a man of God? Oh, so I'm not a Christian? Oh, I don't know God's voice either? I wasn't saying all that, but that's, you know, that's how they'll be talking to people. And so, so finally, you know, I got an email a couple of days later. Here's what the email said. Because, see, they were going to finance the, the land for us. We were only going to have to put down like 10%, which is like, what is 10, what's 10%? Uh, 300, uh, yeah. We were going to have to put on maybe 10 or 20%. I was happy with that. But they came back and said, well, if the Lord, uh, I wish I had an organ. Where's AJ? AJ, somebody, somebody run up here real quick. One of my keyboarders, they probably back there eating burritos. <laughs> okay, I'll do it myself. How do I turn it up? Turn me up. Can you turn me up back there? 
How you turn this up? Oh, okay. I need like a, like a Pentecostal, you know, one of those. Yeah. No, that's, that's, no, 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 that's that, that's that, that's that kind of music. Yeah, something like that. But turn it up a little bit. Turn it up. Turn, turn, turn them up a little bit. Come on, I want to feel it. Come on, turn it up. No, 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 a little bit more. Come on, I know we used to not doing Pentecostal stuff around here. Okay, all right, so, wait a minute. All right, so. Uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to give them 327000 They looked at me and said, are you crazy? But I said, no, God told me. So I got this email, and the email said, if God told you 327000 the only way we going to pay you that money is if you give us cash. <laughs> the music stopped in my mind right there. We done went from you financing it to cash? I knew that if I didn't obey God, I don't know what was on the back end of that. Let me tell you what, let me tell you what motivated me. What was motivating me was fear. Because if I wrote that check, how are we going to get that money back? That was really what was going on inside of me. And finally, I had to believe the promise over the problem. If God brought us the 327000 to write the check, he'll bring some more in to make sure things are fine. We wrote that check, and guess what? God done brought that money back. You see what I'm saying? Everybody say works behind your feet. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning, you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Here's my question.